So I I think I quit Twitter every few days for a couple years, but I think as of I guess probably the middle of November I quit permanently. Like I'm just absolutely done with that personally. Like PJRVS on Twitter. Um, even though I had the blue check mark, I just think I am done forever. Okay, first question for you. Yes. Why did you not convert it into a crypto account with a blue tick and make millions of dollars? So so make myself have laser eyes or something and be yep. like on the blockchain? Yep. Yeah. I mean, valid valid question, I think. I think my 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 problem with that would be how environmentally sound it is and uh, uh, and uh, how no. able <laughs> No, they just did the numbers. Apparently, Solana is apparently really really good like unexpectedly good. So that's not even a concern. Even though we use Polygon, Solana's great as well. Bitcoin, on the other hand, well. Yeah, yeah. I also think that people complaining about the environmental impact of that, like how many things are they buying on Amazon that they're shipping across the world? What does their diet look like? What does their cars look like? How many flights? Like, it just seems like, yeah, we should be obviously concerned about the environmental impact of things. But if all we do is complain at each other about the environmental impact of everything, I don't think that that gets us to a solution. And I think they're so backing up. Well, the reason why we're talking about it is that was kind of the last straw with me being on Twitter. Yeah, that was stupid. We launched our Fathom Cat NFTs, which are on environmentally friendly blockchain, and we're donating the money from them to an animal charity. And the first, and I was actually pretty excited about these. I spent not a ton of time, but I spent some time making them. And the first comment was just basically trying to rip me a new one about the environmental impact yep. of it. And I was just like, at first, I was just like, okay, I'm going to argue this. And then I was just like. Why do I need to? And this is why I'm off Twitter. And it wasn't that one person who's a fucking asshole, but it was just like people like that are why I just don't want to be online anymore because I don't like, I felt at first angry about it. And then it was just like, I don't want to defend myself or my ideas. Like, I do not need to be right. I do not need to argue every tiny decision I make. And I was like, well, okay, if I don't need to do any of those things, then what's the point of social media? You were right as well. So it's now a case of, mm-hmm. you know, you're right because you've done the research. But I didn't want to argue it. it. Exactly. I didn't stupid. care. <laughs> so I think so. part of that too is that I can be off of Twitter. And I had a point that um, my wife made a, uh, a while ago when I think I, I quit Twitter for one of the first times temporarily. It was just like, why are you biting the hand that feeds you? Right. Like yeah. I had, I don't know how many people I had following me. I had like 34, 35,000 people. Yeah. yeah millions, million. millions. Yeah. I mean, I had the blue check mark, so I was obviously important. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, she just like, it was, it's a valid point. Like why, like that was part of how I marketed and connected with my audience and I cut it off. But I also think that where Fathom is now, like the only thing I really do is fathom like that's my that's my yeah. job that's my full-time job 
And I don't think, and this is part, like I, I considered this before, before I left was, will this impact, will this negatively impact Fathom? And I, I, if, if I thought that it would, I wouldn't have left. I would have sucked it up because I've sucked it up for years. Like I sucked up having a newsletter, even though that pissed me off for a while because it was part of how I generated revenue. And I don't think Pager. Don't, don't go. Why did you hate? Why did you hate having a newsletter? Because same thing. Every time I would send an email, I would have to defend myself and my ideas to to thousands or to hundreds or thousands of people, and I just felt like I don't care if I'm right. Like the articles I'm writing. I feel are right, but if you don't, then I don't care. Like, if you have an opinion about something I've written, I just don't care. And I just kept getting emails from people trying to give me their opinion about my opinion. And I just felt like, I don't, but I don't care. Like, I didn't ask for uh, you. I didn't sign okay. up for your newsletter. And I just felt like that's just a shitty place to be <laughs> when you're making content where I care. Like, and it's not even like an ego thing. It's not like I get my opinions are more important than yours. It's like, no, I just, you asked for my opinion, so I'm giving it to you. Yeah, you're not, right? you're not having this. This isn't a let's debate with 30,000, 40,000 people. Yeah. This is, uh, I'm going to share my opinion. I mean, you can't do it. Ultimately, you can't do it. Even if you enjoyed it and you said, I want to do it, you can't do it. It's just yeah, too many the, people. There's a scale thing. And yeah. so that was, and that's kind of the point that I got to with Twitter was just like, I don't, like, I, I don't. Like, this is just causing me undue stress, right? But I think on, on the flip, so so I think, and we talked about this in the last episode, I'm now a thousand times more productive <laughs> because I'm not, it's not part of my day and it's not part of my mental capacity to deal with my personal Twitter. But I also, like, there's also things that I miss. Like, I got an email from, from a buddy yesterday. He's like, I haven't seen you on Twitter. So I just wanted to, like, reach out and say hi. And I was just like shit <laughs> there are a bunch of people that i used to talk to on the regular on twitter that i just basically I didn't tell anybody i was leaving for good i just left i mean i guess i am now if you're listening to this episode but not all of the people that followed me on twitter listen to our show yet yeah. um but yeah i think i think there is that there was a social aspect where i've been uh, a remote online worker for more than two decades now and part of my water cooler, part of how I connect with people was through that medium. And now that's gone. I mean, I have found that I've been talking to my uh, real life, my meat space or IRL friends more. Meat space. Meat space. You haven't heard it called meat space? Like, like the physical world, the offline world? No meat space. Okay, gotcha. Not, not a butcher. Yeah, there's no, there's no vegan references there. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I have been connecting and reaching out to my like actual local friends uh, more now that I, I mean, maybe it's me, maybe it's because I just have more time because I'm not on socials or yeah. maybe it's just that I miss that connection. So I'm finding other ways to have it. So I guess, okay. And I've, I've got some questions then. I mean, when we launched the NFTs, there was that absolute moron that chimed in and it was very rude as well. It wasn't productive it wasn't a nice conversation and I, I told you before i have a process where i will look at their page if they're a reasonable human being i will treat them like a reasonable human being and i'll engage and we're both here to learn if there's someone who is just getting angry about everything in the world posting all the negative stuff i will actually block i will block or ignore because i'm not here for your constant negativity and no life isn't just positive 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 I'm not talking about that, but if you're just negative, I'm not going to interact with you because you're 
you're a bad, not bad person. You're a, yeah. well, no, you're a bad person to me. I don't want you in my life. I'm not going remember, to. Remember that person who I blocked, who left a whole bunch of bad reviews for Fathom because I blocked him though. Like, oh. I just feel like you can't, I feel like you can't win. So Was I would just rather. You not swore take, or something. No, it wasn't. I don't think I swore. I mean, I swear all the time, but it was, he got mad that I blocked him because he just wouldn't shut up. Yeah, I think that was the guy I spoke to on the phone. He was right yeah, on the phone, yeah. but he was just a huge whiner. Yeah. Um, so, like, with the NFT thing, that person reacted. And in my head, I'm like, we're now at a scale. You've been at a scale for a while, but Fathom as well is now at a scale where we are going to get good, like, tons of good people, but that also mm-hmm. means that the bad people increase because it's a percentage. So, imagine that your audience, right, 40,000 people. Imagine it's, imagine you've got 40 subscribers, right? It might be 0.01% of them are dickheads. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One person is half a dickhead. Yeah. And so, <laughs> like, because you have a ton of people on your list that you loved interacting with and respected and everything else, but there's still going to be that tiny percentage. And my point was always that as you scale that, that goes up. And I know that Tim Ferriss spoke about this and he actually spoke about people that were um, mentally ill or mentally unstable. So like schizophrenia, that kind of thing. See, I remember reading an article on Tim Ferriss's site about how some guy who uh, was mentally ill had, had sent Tim or posted a video about how something to do with listening to Tim had led him to kill himself. And it's just like, I, I wouldn't be able to deal with the weight of like there there aren't enough hours with my therapist to be able to deal with something like that right like, like <laughs> that so, okay so that this I'm not I'm not a psychopath I promise you that wouldn't bother me on the basis that I had no malice or intention behind it and so obviously someone dying is sad but I mean why would it upset you because you didn't cause it right people die all the time like you could get upset over the fact that you didn't um, you know that like there's someone you could probably save someone's life right now mm-hmm. without I, I don't know you know what I mean though because you didn't actually not you didn't intend to do it and you didn't directly cause it you're just doing your thing so like the bird yeah. singing in the the bird singing in the tree one person hates it one person loves it the bird is just you know unaffected so I suppose my question is why would it bother you so significantly if it wasn't you that kind of caused it yeah, and so I, I wouldn't feel like I was directly responsible for that person because they took and and misconstrued something that I had done or said, right? But I guess a, a good analogy for that would be uh, if I was driving my car and somebody jumped out from behind another car in front of my car and I killed them, where I was doing the speed limit, I was obeying all of the traffic laws, I wasn't intending to kill that person, I didn't know that person, but just by virtue of them being in that place at that time led to that, I would feel horrible. And the same would basically apply if somebody was like, oh, I read your article and that put me over the edge and, and, and I killed myself. I wouldn't feel like my, I wouldn't feel responsible where I caused somebody to die, but I would still feel, th- I would still feel pain of, well, somebody had taken something completely wrong that I had done, but they had still used me in some way to do something um, negative to themselves. Fine. Okay. No, I can see that. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't have a, a big enough ego to think that I can control what other people think or feel, but I would still like, it would still suck. Like, it would still if, be awful. I think my wife's old job is just, 
changed my brain a little bit just hearing some of the stuff you know and, and logically working through it and all the kind of like the deaths and stuff and just thinking about it all i do wonder you know like the train driver if they hit someone yeah you know, how do they feel because in my head i i think like that's really sad someone's life that someone's kid at someone's parent really sad but would i feel guilty about it um, if i couldn't do anything to stop it it's, yeah, i don't it's, know if i would yeah. feel i don't think i would feel guilt i would i would definitely be sad and upset though did you ever run into anything like that though when you were writing about people that were negatively impacted by your content is that even something that has bothered you yeah, I mean, people used to get upset about the most, the things that I felt were like so innocuous, right? Like, so in the beginning, I used to sign all of my emails, your internet boyfriend, Paul Jarvis. <laughs> and then I started, which I thought was just like, I just thought that was funny. I didn't think that, that I was dating yeah. thousands of men and women, <laughs> like on, on my, like, I, I did not think that. It was just something silly to to add. And I, I got more than one email about it. I got more than one email from people saying, like, if my spouse saw this, like, they, they would, like, we would fight about it. And, like, I'm so upset uh, about, like, why do you have to put this? And, like, every time I swore, wow. I would get people, I would get people saying how my writing has negatively impacted them. And I would quote, all the research about swearing and how it's beneficial and how it is not a sign of lack of intelligence. Like I was just, it just became like, I, I had to change myself and my voice so much that it got to a point where I was just like, fuck it. Like, I don't care. Well, my favorite thing you did. And I remember you telling me about this is when people would, like, there was one person and you can cut this out if you don't want to talk about it, but one person who replied to your email with a word document full of, full of edits for the email you sent. Oh. Right? I mean, and so what, the favorite reaction that you started doing, I don't know how long you did this for, was that you would click the unsubscribe link in, in yeah, their yeah. email for them. I did them. that a lot. I did that, I did that quite a bit. Yeah, but. I mean, so you'd already got a dose of it. So I'm just, I guess I'm surprised, like, why were you surprised that Twitter was the same? Or why, maybe you weren't surprised and you just thought one day, you know what, I don't need to do this anymore. This isn't my focus. The personal brand's not as important to me anymore you know i'm fathom brand is more important and it, you had a realization of oh i don't need to be doing all this stuff online anymore is that pretty much what it was because you were kind of being surprised yeah. by twitter yeah i think I, it's just like i took a step back and i thought like how is this how is this actively serving me how's this serving my life like if i don't need this for for work anymore because fathom the brand is at a place where it doesn't need my brand to to like push it along anymore is bigger than that so i think it was just a matter of like it, i i just thought about it one day i'm like i'm upset about this thing on twitter like whatever it fucking was on twitter i was like this is upsetting me like this is affecting me um even momentarily and then i was just like well, do i need that <laughs> And I think that a part of building Fathom as a brand has been extremely intentional for me where I'd never wanted it to be about like, obviously you and I are the personalities and every, I would, I would say that probably most people that sign up for Fathom have at least some idea of who you or I or both of us are. Right? A very rough idea, I'd say. Yeah, it's, it's changed a lot, hasn't it? But Yeah, yeah I, I think a bit less so now, but still a lot of our customers 
know who you or I are, at least tangentially, or at least in some degree, even if it's just like they listen to the show and they hear our our floating voices in their in their ears mm-hmm. once every two weeks or two months or whatever. But so I think that there is part of the brand that is tied to you and I, which I, I don't mind, right? Like I, I write and I put in the byline written by Paul Jarvis on the blog post that I write on site. And the letter on the homepage as well. Yeah, I'm, like I'm not going to stop doing that. I think that's actually pretty important for uh, an independent bootstrap business like ours. But I don't think that needs to be like front and center. Like if you look at that, uh, like AB compared to like me teaching an online course or writing a book, like in that, in those examples, it goes Paul Jarvis first, product second. In Fathom's case, yeah, it goes Fathom first, then Jack and team second. I think that's even our Twitter bio is Jack and team. Because like, I don't, if, if it made sense to take my name off of everything, like I wouldn't, I don't want that, but we're not really in a place for that. And also because I took my entire site offline and pointed it to Fathom, as Jessica, our SEO expert has, has told us the links and being able to direct traffic from my old site to those same articles, but reposted on Fathom does actually help us. So in those regards, I'm not ready to just scrub myself from the internet because it is measurably helpful to to get the, that SEO juice. Yeah, and I always thought it was funny how you use Twitter as well. So you say you quit Twitter. I mean, you literally were posting pictures of your vegetables, right? Mm-hmm. Your daily haul. Like you didn't actually post, I guess, any kind of, you know how it is nowadays on Twitter where everyone's posting value, which is fair enough. You didn't do any of that. You you very seldom actually shared what I would consider to be value. You were literally there. <laughs> I didn't post anything of value. You literally were just like <laughs> shit posting and like yeah. Formula One stuff. It's, it's funny because I always thought like this guy is designing all of this stuff behind the scenes. He's better than like 99% of designers on Twitter and he's not sharing anything. And like to me, that I just thought that was absolutely mad. You know, like why why would you not work in public? Why would you not provide the value? Because your audience would have loved it. You know, why didn't you give insight into what you were doing? Screen, you occasionally you did it. Like, yeah. Why weren't you into that? Because I always, from an outsider's point of view, I thought it was crazy. You had a huge audience. You had a blue check mark. Why weren't you building in public and sharing your thoughts on design and your hot takes? I think because I did for so long. Like I gave so much insight into like when I was making courses, when I was designing websites, when I was writing books, like I worked in public for so many years through all of those things. I just now like, okay, (laughs) this is going to sound pretty egotistical, but like, I don't need to share my design work for everybody to see it because it gets ripped off so much. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's, no, that's not egotistical. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. People will see it through people copying it. It's very true. Exactly to, to the to the point where it's like, why does Fathom look like everyone else? It's like, well, yes, no, that's that's a whole other a podcast yeah. episode. Yeah, um, yeah, because I see it. I mean, I'm building my personal brand, and I, yeah, no, you're I doing have- a good job, and your articles get far more traction than mine do at the moment because you've built that audience who is really interested and engaged in, uh, especially the technical. Writing the, only do. the technical writing. Yeah. If I yeah. post about GDPR, people are like, my <laughs> audience don't care. <laughs> Re is super excited, but yeah. you're, all the programmers are like, oh, like fuck. But this. yeah, like yeah. I think you've done you've done a good job, and I mean, I guess that brings me to uh, the newsletter that we now have, where yeah. 
we were we've seen the traction that your technical pieces get with a technical audience and we see how well they do and how well those things convert into customers whether it's immediately after reading your article so many trials or it just puts the seed in their head that well fathom is an analytics company who cares about all of this tech all the technical side and the infrastructure side the next time i'm thinking about it or the next time somebody asks then Fathom will come to my mind. So we our newsletter and talk. We just spent twenty minutes talking about how I how I, I don't want to have an audience and how I, I don't want to have a newsletter. And now we have a newsletter, but this the newsletter is different. It's so relevant. I think, yeah, I think it's it's a distribution channel where people we you and I have so much time into content, like we don't just like sit down, write an article and that's it. We post it on the site. Like we go back and forth on it. We look at and devil's advocate every single point in it to each other to make the piece better. We do research, we involve expert, like we do so much on the content and it just felt like it just wasn't like we weren't doing it a service (laughs) to just post it on the website and be like, Oh, we tweeted about it at the end. Yeah. And that was, that was mainly with your articles because you no longer have your audience, right? So that is actually Mm -hmm. a downside of not having the audience. Yeah. You're writing articles that are actually fun, fun to read. There are, they are, I would call them thought pieces, but you occasionally will get a a few ideas, right? And you'll just go off on them. Yeah. Yeah. And the out of office one was a great example. I thought that was very interesting and we haven't got, any good distribution on it my yeah. technical articles we've got distribution i've got you know i've got lists and i've got my slack and everything else and people get value from that there's no distribution behind any other content we do so it was a case of we need a newsletter and i don't know it'll be interesting because maybe you won't care about it as much because it's not your personal brand or whatever and honestly to me i don't care about negative people to me i've got a system and i see it as Ah, maybe it's because I see it as an essential muscle with some things. Maybe because you don't see it as essential, you're not interested in strengthening that quote-unquote muscle. Because mm-hmm. you don't need to do it. So if you don't need to do it, then why would you do it if it's not yeah. essential? Okay, fine. That makes sense. Okay, so where we are now, if we have ne- negativity, I get it on my personal brand. I get negativity sometimes. Um, someone trolled me the other day and accused me of being, what did they accuse me of being? Is it a peacock that sticks its head in the sand? No, I think a peacock is the is when you try to stand out from everybody else okay, so when it you're wasn't peacocking. That. It I was the it was the putting the head in the sand. Oh, ostrich, 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 yeah. And it was it called me an ostrich or something over something. It was completely bullshit. And I'm like, I replied with a gif or a picture of an ostrich with its head in the sand. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I handle negativity. But I also see the whole thing as being kind of essential uh, for what I'm doing. Because, you know, I've got my course as well that I like to promote sometimes. And I enjoy the serverless stuff. I enjoy having a community. I genuinely do. I love being able to speak to smart people. So mm-hmm. I see it as the pros and cons. If I saw it as this really isn't necessary, so I'm not interested in strengthening any kind of muscle, then I'd, yeah, I'd probably quit too. Yeah. And I mean, the Slack channels that I had for my courses were always full of smart and interesting people. And like, I always liked engaging in those. It's just yeah. when it's open to well, everybody. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's how we initially met as well. Um, yeah, I, I happened to be on holiday. Oh, no, actually, no, I'd moved to the area. It wasn't a holiday because we were actually talking about potentially living there. Can you imagine, imagine that? Imagine if you had. No, imagine I know. if we live like 15 minutes away from each other. Yeah, I know. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so we're now, yeah, we met that way. But um, 
I've got a word you mentioned the newsletter. I want to talk about the newsletter as well with you. Me too. Me too. Um, We built an in-house newsletter system called Fathom Mail. We're not going to be releasing this or open sourcing or anything like that. It's actually very bespoke to what we're doing, very coupled with our system. I had someone today actually ask me if they could pay us um, pay us for our affiliate system. Like, yeah. like what price? Anyway, um, Fathom Mail. Yeah, so it all links up really nicely into our system. Reason we did this, there's nothing out there right now that's just purely simple, really simple to use, uh, sends emails and is hyper privacy focused and you know, I spoke to you about, I think it's called SendStack, which yeah. is what Beyond Code are working on. That's exciting, yep. but it's not ready yet. And we need we needed something quick. Well, and we so- also needed something that tied into our customer and affiliate database. So we need to be able to send emails to our content newsletter, which anybody can sign up for on our website. But we also needed to send emails to, I guess that's the three segments. We needed to send emails to customers, affiliates, and people who signed up for the newsletter and it all needed to tie together yeah and so we've built that out we've now got that's actually that's actually um been deployed just so you know oh my Um, goodness yeah i think a few things like when they update their email it should have it should resync that kind of thing but it's all built it's running really nicely we're going to utilize postmarks um what do they call it it's not transactional broadcast broadcast, that's it we're going to utilize that which is exciting and yeah, we're going to start distributing our content properly. And I think the plan is for you to pretty much manage the newsletter. And it's not just going to be his new article. It's going to be like more like a roundup, right? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I like articles from you, articles. We, we brought Claire on board to be writing articles for us um, on the site as well. So articles that she's written, which I'm really excited about. I do remember, there was a, I forget the name of it. Uh, it was a help desk company a long time ago. They had a blog and that was really, really good. I used to love getting newsletters from them. used to read it all the time. So, I mean, yeah, if we can pack value into that, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. So go to so, usefathom.com slash newsletter and sign up today. 